0: let's say you have gone from working your butt off as a a lawyer starting your own practice making uh, you know around $70,000 a year just because you're starting and you hit it big You get to charge a ton of money per hour. You're starting to bring in $400,000 a year and your brothers and sisters are starting to say, Hey, can you, can you pay for our family reunion? Hey, can you fund, you know, so-and-so they're trying to come to our, our annual family vacation and they don't make as much as you, can you help out? And you start over committing yourself and your income because, you know, I do make more. I, I am uh, able to do this, but your calculation is not taking into a f- into account your long term financial goals, your long term financial health. That's how that happens. Welcome to Living a Budget. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I'm a financial and career coach at Sabre Street. This podcast is for people who are hungry to get to financial independence and retiring early, which means getting out of debt, saving like it's second nature, and setting up your life to pay it forward. Living a budget is about so much more than just budgeting. We tackle the hard topics, all with the goal to have as much fun as possible while getting to financial independence and retiring early, whatever that looks like for you. I firmly believe you can have fun while getting to financial independence because I've done it myself and I know you can too. Let's get started. Don't just look like you have it together. Actually have it together. It is now the first week of October. It is the end of the first week of October. I'm really really excited about the colder weather here in Massachusetts. I'm excited that the leaves are changing color in Massachusetts. It is so pretty going outside during the fall and seeing the leaves change color from green to yellow, to orange, to red, then to Brown and falling everywhere. So I, I just, I love it. It's a breath of fresh air. It is a a cool, crisp autumn. Anyway, Here at Saver Street, I've, you know what, we've been doing a few things. Fall to me is like a new start, a new start of the year and October kind of bleeds from September. So we are, we're currently launching a couple things. I'm launching a new group financial coaching cohort, and then also launching on the other side of the business, the career coaching side of the business, the aspiring managers group coaching Program so that's that's really exciting. That's been going on for a little while, and it seems to be going pretty well, actually. So I don't know how long you've been around, but uh, my name is Catherine Vanderlaan. I run Saver Street, and I run this podcast and also Management Material. So I do a couple things. I do financial coaching and help people from all over the United States with their personal budgets. People who make a thousand dollars a month to some people who make over forty thousand dollars a month. And and so far, not any higher than $40,000 a month. Although, you know, if you make more than $40,000 a month and you're listening to this podcast, reach out. I would love to see your budget. I'd love to help you with your budget. I just find it fascinating. Anyway, so I have those those two sides of the business. I've been ramping up the career coaching side, and now I'm going to start focusing on ramping up financial coaching again, because uh, in these months, people seem tend to turn back to their personal budget and say, Oh shoot, what did I do this summer and try to make up for it? So, so anyway, let's get to the episode in this episode. We are discussing what it looks like to actually have your financial life together instead of just looking like you have your financial life together. So let me, let me talk about the differences between those two things. A lot of people, a lot of people like to look like they have their financial life together. They are usually people who are concerned about what other people think about them. And they will do things like buy the best house in the neighborhood. They will uh, they will have a, a very nicely manicured lawn. They will have the best cars. I mean, they look like they have it together. You see their vacation pictures on Instagram and Facebook. It is They look like they are having the time of their lives and there is nothing wrong with enjoying your life. There's nothing wrong with having the time of your life, except when you are sacrificing your long-term future, your long-term financial goals to have the time of your life. Now, people tend to use the excuse or, or think things like YOLO, uh, you only live once. Well, yeah, that's true. So take care of your whole life. Not just your life now, and there's there's time and place for living in the moment, but there's also your whole life to prepare for and look forward to. So people who actually have it together can look like they're having it together, and they can also, from the outside in, not look like they are uh, very rich or prosperous people. And either side, either way you go, that's okay. I've been in both sides of this. I've been poor, poor, not looking like I had my life together and also not having it together to kind of house poor, which means that I, we, we looked like we had our life together, but our budget was really, really, really tight. Um, and then we've been, um, well, I guess we didn't ever look very rich. If I'm, if I'm thinking about it, except maybe my parents, when I was a, when I was a kid, my parents uh, got the you know best house in the neighborhood, some a Mercedes Benz, a town and country van that was gold painted. And little did I know as a child, they ended up not having all that much money on a month to month basis. So that's, that's an example of looking like you have it together when you, when you might not be preparing for your long-term future. Now, my parents are fine. They're doing fine now, figured it out, which just goes to show you you can, in any situation, you can turn it around. You know, I, I mentioned early on, I work with people who make, who barely make a thousand dollars per month and people who make over $20,000 per month, some who make over $40,000 per month and have debt, no savings and don't own a home let me emphasize that saving more money and being financially secure is less about how much money you make and a lot more about what you do with what you have. It is about your behaviors and what motivates your behaviors because your motivations are going to drive your behaviors when you're not careful, when you're not uh, thinking about what you're doing, your motivations Will drive your subconscious behaviors and will cause you to spend or not spend money on different things. So it's not about how much money you're bringing in, although that certainly helps after you have your behaviors down. It is about what you're spending and the gap between how much you make and how much you're spending. And really how you structure your life to have that breathing room. So let me give you an example. If you made $20,000 per month, and that is, um, let's see, that is $240,000 per year. And you spent $19,000 every month, you'd be able to save $1,000 every month. That's $12,000 a year. To a lot of people, that sounds great. But let me tell you how this plays out. You know, it sounds great. And at that rate, if the person I'm coaching, let's say I'm coaching them, started at age 30, that's when a lot of people wake up to the, oh, oh, I should really start budgeting now. If they started saving that thousand dollars per month and they retired at age 67, they'd have almost $4 million in the bank. So they're 30 now in 2021, they retire at age 67. So in 37 years, they have $4 million in the bank. And doesn't that sound great? No, I'll tell you why it isn't at their current rate of spending. So they're spending $19,000 every month. If they're really, and this is post-tax, you know, not pre-tax. Okay. Post-tax. If they're spending that much, which I've seen it, it is possible. It is real easy to spend $19,000 a month, especially when you're making that amount of money. So if they're spending that at their current rate of spending taking into a into uh, inflation into account they would run out of money at age 72 just 5 years after retiring how crazy is that So so that person who's making $20,000 a month they feel great saving $1,000 a month $12,000 a year And, uh, you know, their projection is to have $4 million at retirement at age 67. And the other side of the projection is they'd run out of money in five years, 72, go back to work. Yeah. That sounds terrible to me. Now, if let's, let's flip that over. If somebody made $70,000 per year post-tax, so that's like having a hundred thousand dollars per year job. Okay, which is very doable in today's day and age. I know people people are saying like, "Oh, my goodness, the job market it's so hard. I can't make that much money. Come see me in career coaching. It's not that hard. Let's get you there." So, if if somebody made $70,000 per year and could save that same amount, $1,000 a month or $12,000 per year and live off of that $58,000 per year, which is not hard post-tax, then the person could reasonably retire at age 70. I'm changing that number 70 with around $5 million in investments and not run out of money through retirement. Probably not. Right. So it should keep growing based on my calculations, which are, you know, taking into account average inflation, uh, investments growing at 10% annually at a, that's kind of a, a low average from the S&P 500 and a standard 4% withdrawal rate. So taking into account all of those uh, variables at a, at a fixed, fixed variable that I just said, you know, 4% withdrawal rate, 10% growth rate from the S&P 500. I'm just taking a benchmark guys. I'm not, I'm not advocating or, or advising on anything here you know, and taking into account inflation of, I think I put in there a 3.1 or a 3.2%. That person who's making $70,000 a year, living off of 58, saving $1,000 a month, starting at age 30, could retire in 40 years with $5 million in the bank and not run out of their retirement savings. The biggest difference is lifestyle. That is the biggest difference. So if, if that sounds better to you, then running out of your savings in five years. Well, let's, you know, keep listening, keep listening because most people, most people have this sort of lifestyle creep. You start making more money and you start thinking I, I should afford different things. You start saying, you know, it's my responsibility because I'm making more money. Now I have to do all of these different things for all different people in all different places in, you know, it, it all of these different things, you know, I, I'm making $400,000 a year. So I should be, you know, I should be in that big house. I should buy Mitt Romney's mansion in Belmont, Massachusetts. It's, you know, I should be, you know, I should be living in this amazing place and and have a large hospitality budget and be giving, you know, just doing a lot of things, funding my kids college a hundred percent at Columbia University, that you know, costs a hundred thousand dollars a year, or, or what have you. So I don't actually know how much it costs. I'm just throwing some numbers out there. Sorry, Columbia. I have a friend who goes there, and it's great. Group Financial Coaching is a group that's getting out of debt together. We celebrate wins, keep each other accountable, and tackle the hard life questions that come up. If you wish you had a group of like-minded people to lean on and learn from, join us in Group Financial Coaching. We're here to help you get to financial independence and have fun on the journey. Learn more at saverstreet.com slash coaching. Anyway, So a lot of people will allow their lifestyle creep to get beyond their income because they don't take into account their long-term financial stability, their long-term financial plan. And it's really tempting. Oh, it is so tempting. Let's say you have gone from working your butt off as a, uh, a lawyer starting your own practice, making, you know, around $70,000 a year just because you're starting and you hit it big. You get to charge a ton of money per hour. You're starting to bring in $400,000 a year and your brothers and sisters are starting to say, Hey, can you, can you pay for our family reunion? Hey, can you fund, you know, so-and-so, uh, they're trying to come to our, our annual family vacation and they don't make as much as you, can you help out? And you start over committing yourself and your income because, you know, I do make more. I, I am uh, able to do this, but your calculation is not taking into, a f- into account your long-term financial goals, your long-term financial health. That's how that happens. It's not necessarily about getting the best car or the best house in the neighborhood. Sometimes it's about people assuming help and you not wanting to say no, because you feel obligated that you have this bigger Salary, this bigger income, and you should be able to help. But you already made those decisions. You should have made the decision of, of how much you can help before you're asked. You should have that annual budget telling you how much can I help, how much, what can I give before you're asked. That is part of a, uh, a long-term, a wise financial plan. Okay, let me tell you about myself just a little bit, just a little bit. I drive a 10 year old car and by far that is not the oldest car I've ever driven or owned. Do I care? I only care when something breaks and that's really not often. Um, not right now, knock on wood. So let me, let me tell you, if you are in a spot where, where almost 80% of Americans are, where, where you're living paycheck to paycheck, and if you lost your job, there would be a crisis, it would be an emergency, and you don't know how you'd pay for it, then you need to take a good look at your lifestyle, how much you're making and how much you're spending. Your spending should be no more than 75% of your take-home pay. The other 25% should be between saving saving. And, you know, and, and like a little emergency savings. So it's actually saving and investing is what I'd advocate 25% towards saving and investing. If you ever, you know, if you want to retire before age 65, 67, or 70. So take a good look at your lifestyle. Put some toward those obligations people will ask you to help out with. Put some toward your needs, your housing, um, childcare costs, food, utilities, transportation, clothing. Put some toward your wants so that you are not living a, uh, a deprived lifestyle. And if you're like me, put some toward your giving. We We like to give. It keeps us ha- happy and healthy. I mean, giving is, I think, a a fundamental part of human nature. It is what keeps us full of joy. I give because, well, I love because God loved me first and I give because he gave to me. So I love to give to to other people in need. I love to give uh, money and time. And so if you are somebody who wants to do that, then put it in your budget, make sure you have a plan for it and you know what your limits are. So you're taking care of your long-term financial health and not just your short-term needs or short-term, you know, what people ask you for. That allows you to give without feeling resentment. Anyway. All right. I digress. So take a look. Take a good look at your lifestyle to figure out what your priorities really are. Are you prioritizing your long-term financial health and stability, or are you prioritizing your comfort and your reputation? What's driving your buying decisions? What can you reasonably afford while prioritizing your long-term financial health? For me, for me specifically, I'd rather look poor and be rich than, than be poor and look rich. I would rather have a house that people look at from the outside and go, ooh, mm, yeah, they could use a lawn care service than have a house where people drive up and go, ooh, you know what? I'll knock on their door. I bet they'd buy my Girl Scout cookies. So, you know, I that's, that's who I'd rather be. I'd rather know that my long-term financial health is taken care of so that I'm not a burden to anyone. And for all of you, for all of you, who are living in a high cost of living area, I see you this, you know, I'm not someone from, from boondock, Tennessee telling you to live on $58,000 a year. When I haven't done it myself, I am somebody right outside of Boston, Massachusetts, the third highest cost of living area in the United States. Last time I checked, maybe it's the fourth now, who knows? We kind of trade places with Washington DC every once in a while, you can still do it. If you're in San Francisco, New York City, Boston, Massachusetts, D.C., any of those areas, you can still do it. It's possible. Once you know what you're willing to do and not do with your life, once you have those percentages that are good earmarks for your money. So I take 25% for savings around 40, 50% for needs. And then the rest is, you know, it's, it's personal, it's personal finances. So the rest is a little variable. I, we kind of decide what to do with it, giving and wants and, and things like that. If you need help, I can help you figure it out and dive into a life that will set you up for the rest of your life. I started this podcast telling you that it was more about behavior than it was about your, how much you make. And that is a hundred percent true. It is a lot more about behavior than how much you make because human beings are by definition, almost, almost everyone that I've met has been very, very, very malleable, very, very adaptable. That's the word I'm trying to look for. Adaptable. And you are too. You might not feel like it right now, but if something big were to happen in your life and you fell on your butt, I'll tell you what adapt or die. So you are adaptable. You are able to adapt to your situation. And the way you look at your money needs to be part of that equation. If you start looking at your money and you think, okay, 25% of this needs to go to saving and investing between, between an emergency fund and, and saving and investing for retirement, then you're going to start treating your money differently. If you're looking at your money right now and you're seeing a hell of a ton of, of debt, then you're going to realize that the rest of that money, you know, you're, Your work is going to finance that debt instead of going to finance your future retirement dreams. So take a good look, look at it. The only way to change is to look at reality. Look at your, look at the reality of your financial situation right now so that you can plan for the reality of your future. Okay. If you need help, I can help you figure it out. That is what I do all day. I do a little bit of financial coaching, do a little bit of career coaching. So if you need help, I'll pinpoint and help you figure out what it is that you need help with. If it's your behaviors, usually, if it's your perspectives, maybe if you are uh, giving a bunch of money away or feel obligated, maybe, you know, if you just need help with the procedure, definitely I can help with that, you know. But you know, it, it depends on what you need help with. If you are only making a thousand dollars, maybe two thousand dollars a month take home, talk to me. Let's get you in career coaching. Let's get you in in something that you love, that you believe in, that you can get behind. That will also make you a good amount of money. Those are not unicorn jobs. Those are normal jobs. Normal jobs in the corporate world, anyway. So. Come talk to me, book a complimentary consultation. It is possible. Break it down. Look at your reality, plan it out, plot it out. Benchmark 25% towards saving and investing. If you have debt that that 25% or more should be going to paying off your debt. Okay. Debt servicing is going to suck the soul out of your retirement. Get rid of your debt. And I don't mean your mortgage. That one, that one unfortunately needs to stay. Most likely that'll be in a future podcast, you know, pay off your home early or invest more. I might just do that next. Anyway, look at your reality. Stop judging your neighbor and stop trying to catch up with your neighbor. You don't need the best house in the neighborhood. You probably shouldn't buy it anyway. You don't need the best car in the neighborhood. Really reasonably look at your lifestyle and what you can afford. And then Build from there. All right. I hope this was helpful. I hope you're now looking at the difference between high earners and middle income earners, and and not really judging the difference because you can be a high earner, make a lot of money by definition, spend a lot of money, and not have much to show for it. I see people like that all the time. You can be a, a mid income earner, a, a middle class American. Making a middle class lifestyle, save a bunch of money and be a lot richer than that high income earner by the end of, you know, end of your working period. So go at it. You're not disadvantaged if you're not making a a super high income. I actually find it more of a disadvantage when people are making a super high income because their lifestyle inflates and they have a really hard time taking it down. So, all right, go at it if you need help. Go ahead and go to saverstreet.com and book a complimentary consultation. That's what I'm here for. That's what I do all day. All right. Talk to you soon. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of living a budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.